0: Coming soon. Jolting Tales of Horror. Creep Show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls. Cringe at weird kids and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Vero. Creep Show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep show. the most fun you'll ever have being scared. Alright, what is going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And of course, I am Johnny. And I'm Randy. And how come you get to always go first? Because when I hit record, you never say anything. You just look at me until I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This week, we're missing uh, the one and only Señor Reyes. Señor Reyes. He's been on the last, what, two or three episodes? Last three? Has he really? All Yeah, He he comes in for October and then leaves. And then we don't see him again for a year. Well, that's good. I mean, you know. Yeah. So... This movie, Creepshow, is what we'll be reviewing today. Is it? Yep. Is that what it was? And we are celebrating its 40th anniversary. Holy crap. I know, dude. It dude, you out- know what that means? What's that? It means we're almost, almost 40. 40. Shut up. Hello. It came out November 10th, 1982. So. Four more years. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and what's funny is, is last year we did... Uh, like Thanksgiving theme, kind of Thanksgiving theme for November, not really, but there's not really a whole lot of killing. Oh, there was. You just didn't want to do one about a killer turkey. Yeah, uh, you didn't either. Yeah, no, it looked terrible. <laughs> it looked horrible. We'll have to do it one year, you know that. Right. I, yeah, because we're going to eventually just run out of stuff and be like, well, let's see what we got. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, um, Creep Show is directed by the one and only George Romero. Mm-hmm. The screenplay is by Stephen King. Oh, really? Jordi Varela? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. And like I said, uh, it was released November 10th, 1982. And the running time is right at 2 hours and 21 seconds. And it felt like every bit of it. Yes, it did. Woo. I'm going to go on record and say I've watched this show one time in my life. Me too, now. And I wasn't an adult <laughs> when I watched it. <laughs> and I love Creep Show Two. That's the one I told you That's the and one about the Dollhouse. No, no, no that Creep Show the one about the Dollhouse is actually what's on Shutter. Oh, okay. And, the, and that's a series. You actually do need to check that out. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But Creep Show Two um was the one that I used to actually go to like Movie Mania, Movie Gallery. Family video, Showtime video. These are all places that we used to rent videos here in Kennett, Missouri. I used to go and rent the VHS of Creepshow, too. And it's not the fact that it's, like, really scary nothing. It's just the stories, to me, are ten times better. I got a feeling the next podcast is going to be bad juju. Because <laughs> if it's one that you absolutely love... Well, here's what I think about you. Oh! oh. Anyway. But no, um... <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, watching this movie. Man, is this what Chris and Randy felt like watching Halloween three? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I will say this: No, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah, I knew that it was a collection of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the style. I do like the comic book style. And I like how it's different, like, stories wrapped into one. It's almost like a Goosebumps book on tape. Exactly. I mean, and, and I do dig that. That's cool. Goosebumps is one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, I used to love reading Goosebumps. I really go, Oh, man. We used to go to Dollar General all the time and get a book that had the three stories in one. Yeah. read every one of them. Yeah. Um, but I do like that style. Now, I wasn't a fan of all the stories. Right, right. But I do, I do think it was a unique way of putting together a horror movie. I really do. Right on. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and hit us with the cast? We ain't got enough time. There's <laughs> seven thousand four hundred and forty-five people in this movie. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start it off. One of them is Tom Atkins, of course, oh the star of Gosh, he was season in it. Of, the the star of season of the witch. And how long was he in it? Season of the witch? No, in this movie, he was in there for a whole forty-five seconds. Nah, he smacked the kid and he died. That's what he did. He's he about as long. He was about as long as Michael Myers was in the new Halloween ends. <laughs> Anyway, two fat guys over here trying to laugh. No, can't do it. So, we've got Stephen King play. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Sorry, Lord have mercy. <laughs> we've got Stephen King plays Jordy Varell, and what? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Lord, and Drini Bar Barbo, Barboo, Bar-, Bar-, Bar Wilma Northrop. <laughs> The one and only Tom Savini. He plays a garbage man. He's awesome, dude. The one and only Leslie Nelson mm-hmm. plays Richard Vickers, which I I will say it's not a role that I ever seen him in before, but I I dug it. I oh really yeah. Did. Really did. Christine Forrest plays Tabitha Raymond. hmm Hal Holbrook plays Henry Northup. Ed Harris, which I have never seen him this young. Right. Plays Hank Blaine. Every time I see him I think a Truman Show. Yeah. I yeah, love that. exactly. Uh, Marty Schiff plays a, uh, the other garbage man. Um, we've got Joe Hill plays Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Danza, Harry Wentworth. E.G. Marshall plays Upson Pratt. You've got Vivica Landfors plays Aunt Bedelia. Carrie Nye plays Sylvia Grantham. Mm-hmm. Fritz Weaver is Dexter Stanley. Galen Ross is Becky Vickers. John Lormer plays Nathan Grantham. Chuck Aber plays Richard Raymond. John Amplis plays the corpse, which I just realized that I was reading a corpse. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's... That's about it, buddy. Well, you got Don Kiefer plays the janitor in the uh, second to last movie or show or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think that's about it. All Rand- the important ones anyway. Well Randy, you know what? What? Why don't you hit us up with that summary? What that nine page summary there? Nah, just for me to hear. Okay. So Creep Show consists of five short stories. Father's Day, The Lonesome Death of Geordie Varell, based on a Stephen King short story, Weeds. Something to Tide You Over, The Crate, and They're Creeping Up On You. Two of these stories are adapted from Stephen King's short stories with the film bookended by prologue and epilogue scenes featuring a young boy named Billy played by Stephen King's son, Joe. where well, did I didn't know that? Hmm. They kind of favor each other, they too. They really do. Yeah. Who is punished by his abusive father Tom for, reading horror, oh my gosh, for <laughs> reading horror comics. That's really cool how they name each of the stories because it really does remind me of the Goosebumps books now. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the same thing that Goosebumps do. So... We're not going to go scene by scene. We don't do that no more. Yep. But we are going to go by the stories. Yep. And the first story is Father's Day. Yep. What would you think? Uh, let me let me go first on this. Go ahead, go ahead. I think... Because I might just copy you. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was the right story to have first. The only reason I'm saying is because I didn't care for... Uh, they're Creeping Up on You. The last one with the roaches. Ah, yeah, I didn't like it. The crate was too long. Very long. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Father's Day was more of the perfect first story to yep. get you going. Okay. And it had more of a creep show feeling with the the dad coming out. Where's my cake? Yeah. I did like that. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and I like how each character in the... Uh, I, I keep wanting to say the film, but the story, they all had their own certain, like, the sister. Mm-hmm. She, she acted like, to me, more of a hippie. You see what I'm saying? Like a, a free spirit. Yeah, of. the free spirit, yeah. Her brother, I don't know. <laughs> he was just a uppity drunk. Yes. The mother, I guess that was the mother. No, uh, I think no. it was the man. Yeah, that was the she aunt. called her niece and nephew. Right. Uh, she acted like she was higher than. High like, class. Yes. Yep. Uh, the boyfriend, or the husband, I'm sorry, the husband. Hank. Yeah. He was just, he was there. That was Ed Harris. Yeah. But... And they killed him in one of the dumbest ways. This man laid in an open grave for an hour and a half watching this tombstone fall on his head. Yes. Like, move. Right. Just move. But... Um, just to kind of give it a quick summary for the Father's Day. Uh, Sevilla, is that her name? Sylvia. Sylvia meets her nephew Richard and niece Cass along with Cass's new husband Hank at the Grantham Estate for the family's annual dinner on the third Sunday in June. It says they proceed to tell Hank about the family. What is that? Matriarch. Great. Their great aunt. And of how it was uh, an open secret in the family that she murdered her late father. And <laughs> after watching it, you're like, well, no wonder she killed him. He was like, where's my cake? You B-I-T-C-H, where? Is-? I mean, and he's they, slamming that cane. They kept throwing flashbacks. And I was like, look, if y'all don't kill this dude, I'm jumping at the TV. <laughs> All right. I mean, it was. Yeah. I did. I, I, I'm i kind of like, I think it was the right one to start off on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm not so sure about that, because okay. I didn't care for uh, the last one, so mm-hmm. I almost wish they would have ended on that one, or started with that one, and then ended on a hot note. You know okay, I mean? can see that, yeah. And I, I think, honestly, out of all of them, I only had one that I really dug. I bet it's going to be the same one I did. It probably is. Um, I mean, I didn't mind it. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, I don't get No, no. But it also, the story wasn't that great. It was just about a, you know, a person that killed her dad and then came back and he came back from life. Yeah. And all of the screaming through the whole thing, where's my cake? But I will say I did like when he was like, I have my cake. When he had the... Because that was a good spot where... Oh, when he walked through the door. Yeah, but yeah. When, when, whose head did he twist off? Uh, It was... Uh, a civilian, or Sylvia. 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 Yeah. He twisted her head off and stuck mm-hmm. it on a platter and put... uh. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, Happy Father's Day and put... Um, Cake was that stuff? Uh frosting, frosting yeah. all over her head. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But so that story it like I said, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. But it kept my interest enough to see where it was going. Yeah. I'll say that. The next one is the mm. lonesome death of Jordy uh Veryl? Verrell, something like that. But it says Jordy Varrell, a comedic and dim witted backwoods yokel. Watches as a meteorite crashes lands on his farm, observing the crash site. Geordi gets his fingers burnt, and he tries to touch the meteorite in a fantasy sequence. Geordi Im- images—oh, it- I'm sorry, hold on. Geordie imagines selling the meteorite at the local college's department of meteors, hoping to sell it and will provide enough money, two hundred dollars, for a bank loan. Yeah. see this one. Bulls down to Stephen King, seeing a meteor, touching it, and then turning into a giant plant. That's it. it. And this film is actually horror fantasy. Yeah. That one should have been labeled horror sci-fi. I thought it would be horror comedy. But I didn't really see the horror in it, to be honest with you. I, I didn't either, because it was literally just, like, he touched it, and then he noticed on his fingers he had a couple of, like, boils or blisters or something. Right. He kept putting them in his mouth. Well, then they started turning black on his fingers. And, you know, it just, it, it really was. That one was more comedy than anything. And then he noticed that it was starting to grow fur. And, like, the whole time it'll, like, flash out to the outside and you see all this green moss-like stuff growing. The on, To me, the only horror part of it is when he wakes up and he's a full, yeah I guess. And then they'd have the modulated voice. But he prays to God that his luck will be in just this once. Just let my luck be in just this once, and blows the top of his head off. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of sad because you know, like I said, he's an unlucky guy. Yeah. But uh, to me, I didn't care for that it. was comedy fantasy, and I didn't care for that one either. I and I love Stephen King, but now acting on that one. The next story is the third story. Something to tide you over. This is the one that should have ended the movie. This was my favorite one. Yes. Of the whole movie. And it's not just because of Le- Leslie Nielsen being in it. No, it's the story. Like it's, It actually has a story that develops. It's the story, but Leslie Nielsen's acting. And uh, what is the other guy's name? Uh, Ted Danson. His acting, yeah, both acting's were good, but this is the first time I ever seen Leslie Nelson as a bad guy, and I thought he did really good. Well, it was like it was almost made for him because Leslie Nelson, I've known always known him as a comedy guy, right? And it was he was still had comedic parts of him in this story, but it was in a more sinister way, right? But I I, I dug it a whole lot. Well, this one it says Richard uh, Vickers is a vicious and heartless millionaire. <laughs> who's cold-blooded and murderous nature. He visits Harry Wentworth, the man whom his wife Becky is having an affair. Ah, Mm -hmm. okay. So Richard mentions that he and Becky never shared an actual affection, but such is beside the issue. It says Richard's uh, point of honor is always keeping what's his, a rule that he enforces no matter what. So rather than physically assaulting Harry, Richard plays a recording of Becky's voice where she tearfully begs Harry for her help. Now, what he does is she is buried. he, he keeps telling her. Or he keeps telling, um, what is the guy's name? He keeps telling yeah. Harry, you'll see her. Yeah, I'll let you see her. He didn't lie. But when they get to this beach, he's got this hole dug and he's like, kneel down in there. And he's like, I'm not going to bury myself. He goes, no, I'm just going to. Make it where you cannot... He's like, I want to incapacitate you, then I'll let you see her. Yeah. So he feels him so from the neck down, he's under sand <clears throat> on the beach. Well, he plugs a TV up. He's got it all set up, and there she is. She's the exact same way, but the tide's coming in on her. hmm And he just keeps saying she'll be all right as long as she just holds her breath. Take a breath. You know, he's telling, He's like, if you panic, it gets worse. hmm And he's like, you son of a gun, you know. And this whole time, Richard's like, I told you. He's like, I'm a man of my word. I told you you'd be able to see her. Yep. I just didn't tell you it was going to be underwater. Right. And uh, I actually would like to see a full length movie of this. I think it would have been a great movie. movie. Like this by itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, But anyway, to make long story short, the tide actually comes in and ends up killing both of them that he buried. And he's just happy-go-lucky. It shows him going into his house, which I actually dug his house. Oh, yeah. even though it was like the retro 80s I was like 1982 but it was like a smart house yeah I liked it yeah, it was cool but it almost it reminded me a little bit like the color schemes and stuff looked a lot like Scarface's mansion yeah I can see that but um once he knows they're done they're, they're, uh, they've they been killed he's like just relaxing and he goes look for his VHS and as he's looking he's like dang maid move my stuff around <laughs> and you can hear something go Richard Yep. And he kind of looks around. He shrugs it off. Later that night, he goes to take a shower. And he can hear his alarms going off. He hears the front door opening. He he, he just keeps noticing, okay, somebody's in my house. Yeah, and the whole time he's around looking and stuff, you keep getting glimpses and shots of shadows moving around the house. At one point, you get a shot of two pairs of leg feet coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And they're covered in seaweed. One of them is barefoot. And you can tell that you, you know who it is. Yeah, yeah. You know. But the, yeah, the whole time... These figures and shadows are all making their way towards him, and then he opens the door. <laughs> he opens the door, and they're there they're two standing, like all kinds of jacked up. Yeah, you could you couldn't even really tell what they looked like before, and I couldn't make out Tony Danza. no I tried to. Or not Tony Danny. Ted Ted Danza. Yeah, I couldn't make out Ted. Danzig. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? But he keeps re- they keep reaching out for him, and they're like, hold your breath. You know, like, they're mocking we, him. We want to take you to the beach, Richard. Yeah. We've dug a hole, Richard. And they keep every time they say something, they say, Richard. Yeah, and, cool. and they're mocking him. And I love the old school, because to me, they had to make it look cheesy. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Nelson's acting, where he's like, ah, yeah. ah, he's like throwing his arms up. And the color scheme, I always like that, because that's when you knew the show was fixing the end of yep. the story. Because it was almost like the comic book shots. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And that was another thing I liked: to have the comic book shots at the end of it, and then it fade into it's the comic, up. and then they turn they turn the page. I dug it. So, but that was my favorite one of the whole oh, series, hands down. Yeah, that was hand. Now, the next one, Crate. Yeah, wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. It was long, right? And it was like I feel like it was too long like way too long like they did way too, they put too, way too much in it I, I I get why they did it because it was kind of two separate stories all mixed into one yeah because it was a story about the janitor finding the crate and the doctor going to the janitor and all that kind of stuff then you had the story with the North Northrop's yeah is that what their name was I believe so you had their story with an abusive wife with a husband and he keeps fantasizing about killing her yeah Trying to see where I don't have their names on here. Anyway, yeah, the, but I get it. I, I like you said, it wasn't bad, but I think they should have kept every story like the uh, the tides coming in. Yeah. Short, sweet, straight to the point. Like as soon as something to tide you over is what it's called. Yeah. Well, the crate should have been just like that. As soon as it started, it should have kicked right off. Well, the good thing about that one is they gave you backstory without having to go through the backstory. Right. Like, they started it off, and once, like, you were in, like, five minutes into it, you kind of knew what was going on and what had happened in the past. Right. Yeah, yeah, they gave you that backstory, like I said, without having to actually tell you what it was. So, I don't... You kind of want to explain this story? The Crate? Yeah. So, the story with the crate, it's about a janitor... Literally a janitor at a school that finds this crate that's dated for like 137 years before yeah. the present time. And uh, he finds a crate. He goes to one of the... the uh, Professor Dexter. Professor, professor Dexter. He goes to him. They pull it off. Or they pull it out. They open it up. Where the janitor gets his arm caught in there and gets it chewed off by what we don't know. Uh, it looks like a... To me, it looks like a Yeti. I speak to say, they got it labeled here, a shaggy eight-like creature yeah it was like it was like a bigfoot ish ape like congo do you type. want to know what i thought as soon as i seen it i thought of critters no are you a fan of three stooges yeah the gorilla that's in all oh right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love the gorilla episodes but as soon as i seen it i was like hey i was just waiting to hear like you know go ahead <laughs> <laughs> but uh so they, they get this box, the janitor dies. Well, the professor wants to go to his friend, Mr. Northrup, who yeah. is the guy that's been abused by his wife. He goes and tells them the whole story. They found this thing, and they don't know what it's for. Well, he ends up drugging the professor and going and cleaning up Well, he leaves a note for his wife. Right. This whole time, in this whole story, he's fantasized, I think, twice now. He shoots her in the head once. Shoots her in the head with once, and then strangles her with a tie. Yes. Uh, he's just fantasizing about killing killer because she's abusive, man. Yeah. She's verbally abusive. So he leaves a note for her explaining a story, not the true story. Right. The story he tells her is the professor was you know, sleeping with a student, got upset, and hit her. And he needs her to come up there with him because she knows how to handle situations like this. Hey, what he was doing was feeding her uh, ego. There you go. Big time. And, you know, so she's drunk. She's driving up there. He even put on the end of the letter, and he was like, like you always say, what would I do without you? Uh-huh. So his whole plan is to get his wife there and put her underneath the staircase where they found the box, where the crate is. Yeah. And he basically he's trying to kill his wife. Um, She gets there. He, after a minute, forces her in there. He starts shaking her. Nothing happens. Well, then out of nowhere, the ape shows up. Yeah. And takes a chunk out of her neck actually looks really good uh, the kill scene uh, not the janitor remember oh, but remember Dexter the De- kid yeah Dexter yeah. goes meets a kid in the uh, hallway yeah that now that was the first death scene in the entire movie yeah that actually had some kind of graphics to it yes and it was relatively good too yeah he clawed his face it looked really good yeah but so oh, go ahead no, so the ape ends up killing the wife he changes the box up dumps the box into the water Seventy feet under the water is Seventy feet, yep. Goes back and plays a game of chess with the professor. Like, nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I think the professor didn't trust him either, because you notice he was like, well, what if I would have woke up and called the police? He's like, but you did. But you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, it was, like I said, it wasn't a bad story. It no. was just long. Like, I feel like if this would have been its own movie, yeah. I think it would have been okay. Yeah. Because you would have, they would have filled it in with more story and... More kills and stuff. Yeah. So I think I think this one would have been okay as its own movie. So the last one is, they're creeping up on you. Yep. And... This, uh, like I said, this one, I think this one, uh, this one got me more than any of them just because roaches. Oh, uh, yeah. And lots of them. Right. Big Madagascar hissing cockroaches. And- right. Right. Uh, but then again, with this, it was the most boring one though. It really was because it wasn't nothing but one guy with a bad attitude and a germ problem. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I didn't get the whole thing. Like the city was losing power and they kept saying, oh, everybody's got bugs and all this. It was like, hmm. He's in this giant condo department. Yeah. That is just like whited out. It's like yeah, pure... he was like, what am I paying thirty five hundred for a month? Yeah, <laughs> and he's got he's a, he's a germaphobe, and he finds one cockroach. Like the the story starts off with him just kneeling down, spraying the crap out of cockroaches. Right. But yeah, it's this one was. I, I honestly, I felt myself falling asleep during this one. I don't know if you noticed, but I had to keep setting up, and I was messing with the dog. Like I wasn't even trying to hide it. I had my arm propped up, and I was like, uh, "When is this one over?" Yeah. Oh, and I hang a lot to you as soon as it went off, and then it went back to the comic, because that's how you know it always ends. Mm-hmm. It'll go back to the comic. I was like, okay, that's the last one. Now, I will say, I didn't like the story on this one, but I liked the way it ended. What? I thought the ending was really cool looking. How the, um, I guess the super of the apartment where he was at, uh-huh. was trying to get in. He's like, are the you know, bugs getting at you again? Kind of mocking the guy. Yeah. And it shows the apartment, there's no bugs. Right. Like right before that scene, that like it was covered in cockroaches. Right. Well, then it just shows him laying on the bed. And yeah. then you see his clothes moving, and then you see a little bit of blood coming out of his forehead, and you see his head moving and his chest was moving, and then all of a sudden bugs started coming out of his body. Yeah, that was cool. I thought it looked pretty cool. That was good. Yeah. But that honestly that was the only thing I dug about that <laughs> Oh, story. yeah. It really was. Because like I said, that one was just boring. There, there wasn't nothing, It was. There was no like story for me in it. Well, as that story ended, it shows the next morning two garbage collectors find the Creepshow comic book on the curb, and uh, they look at the ads and. This is where we see Tom Savini. Yes, Tom Savini shows up, and they're looking at the ads and in, in the book, and it says X-ray specs, and uh, a voodoo doll. A voodoo doll, and uh, he's like, and Tom Savini's like, "Yeah, we can't use this one though. Somebody already cut it out, and it shows the voodoo little uh, coupon missing. I guess. Hmm. Somebody cut out the coupon for the yes. voodoo doll, huh? So it cuts back to the Hopkins house, which was the family at the very beginning. With your favorite guy? Tom, any more favorite. Five minutes. Tom Atkinson there, and it says, Stan complains to his wife that he is suffering from a stiff neck, figuring that he must have strained it. Upstairs, Billy is revealed to have sent away for the voodoo doll and has decorated it with a piece of his father's clothing and some of his hair. Stan clutches his throat in pain as Billy repeatedly and. Gleefully, jabs the voodoo doll with a pen, finally getting revenge on his father for his abuse. And it says the images of Billy jabbing the doll becomes the cover of the next issue of creep Show. And it says the creep is seen holding the same comic book, laughing sin- sin- sinisterly as the candle goes out. I, I really dig the creep. All like yeah. how it kept showing up to the skeleton. And, like I, I, I thought that was really cool how they added that into it. Cute. Yeah, you. I think you'll dig the second one. I hope so. But with that being said, I guess it's time for the pulling scale. Pullin' scale. Pulling scale. Oh, pulling scale. <laughs> you know, we're just gonna have to do a recording of that and just play it. Yeah, we are. Okay, you know. We need to have our own little theme. Pulling. <laughs> Be like doo doo. do you ever in your life. <laughs> ever. It's time for the pulling scale. We're gonna pull. give you an AOB. <laughs> what we need to do is get the pulling man on the show. Oh, he's always working. He's and too busy. Man, I got a job and everything. <laughs> I got to pay bills. I'm just playing, David. We love you. Love to get you on the show. Okay. Since you are, <laughs> I mean, you are the inventor of the pulling scale. Uh, Completely revamped the way we've done the show. Chris seemed like he was so offended last week when he was like, y'all really don't do negatives or are you just playing with me? Was like, no, we don't do negatives. <laughs> but anyway. I think he would have given that like an F minus. Probably. Probably. But I, I'll go first on this one since y'all did uh, okay. Season of the Witch. Um, overall, the only thing that saves this movie was uh, Something to Tide You Over. Mm-hmm. That was really the only good story. I, like I said, now Father's Day wasn't bad. But Something to Tide You Over is actually... I, I dug. Like, I actually was entertained by that one and was like, man, where are they going with this? I want to see what's going to happen. Right. But overall, for a horror slash fantasy film, uh, man, I'm j- just to be honest with you, I'll give it a thumbs in the middle. And I recommend you just to watch it once, and this is why, because of the comic book theme. I think it'll be something that people will watch and be like, oh, that's kind of cool how they did it. Like, I love how they have the story at the beginning and the story at the end of the family. Yeah. And how when a story ends, you can tell it's a comic and the page flips over. Mm-hmm. I dig that. No other films do that. Yeah. Uh, so I give it a thumbs in the middle. Uh, I recommend you to watch it at least once. I don't recommend you to add it to your collection. Really don't. Man, I'm giving it a D+. Plus. A D plus? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're we're pretty close. I'm gonna mention something I'm really surprised you didn't mention. Like, okay, like I like I said before, I really like the uniqueness of the way they did the movie with uh-huh. the different stories. Yeah. Um, I think it was a really cool idea. Being two hours long, I think it would have been better if they focused on two stories. Yes. And made each one an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. Or make it an hour and a half long and make each story 45 minutes. Right. Either way. Yeah. Um, something to Tide You Over was by far the best one. Yeah. Even though I do enjoy some of the uh, the graphics. Like, I did like the graphics on the crate. Yeah. I yeah. thought they did a really good job on that. But I am going to mention something that, that is going to bump it up just a little bit for me. Okay. That you didn't mention. What's that? The music. You know what? Nah, you can't go back. No, I'm not. I'm you not. can't go back. No. During uh, the crate episode, I actually was gonna be like, "Dude, the music kind of bumped a little bit." Now, but that was it. Something to tide you over, though. Uh-huh. They played the creepiest version of "Duda, Duda" I have ever heard in my life. Did you pick it up? No, I didn't pick it up. You're gonna have to go back it. and watch it okay. because it was like dun 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 dun. Really? Dun, dun. Oh, dude, it was it okay. Cool. You're gonna have to go back and check it out. Um, See, like I said, the only music I ever noticed was the crate, yeah, and it was when she was driving mm-hmm. to go, and it was like, dum dum dum, dum, dum. Yeah. But, go ahead. I really dug the music in most of the movie, actually, which I was actually surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't care for any most of the stories other than something that tied you over. Yeah. I just feel like that was the best one. Yeah. I thought the acting was pretty cool, as cheesy as it was in some parts. Yeah. I thought the acting was pretty cool. Um, so I'm actually going to give it a thumbs in the middle okay I think you ought to check it out at least once if the second one's as good as you you say it is at least to get ready for the second one watch yeah. this one you know. yeah and like in the comic book aspect of it was really cool I, yes. I dug yeah. how they did that and I like how they did the comic book graphics right at the end of each one um so I was going to give it a D but the music is going to put it at a C for me a C? I'm going to give it a C Okay. Uh, uh, It it would probably be a C minus if we did minuses, but I'm going to give it a C. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. It just, man. I do wish Tom Savini had a bigger role, just saying. Oh, yeah. D plus was as high as it was going to get for me, man, just because I guess like what y'all said about Season of the Witch last week, I was bored, man. It, It was boring in part. And the time, yes, for two hours for this film, I was like, oh my gosh! If the whole movie had been as boring as the last story, yeah, it, it would have gotten like a a G minus, a G minus, G minus. It would have been terrible. The next one, Creepshow Two, is only an hour and thirty two minutes. They learned from their mistakes, but it's really good, dude. How many stories does it got? Uh, let me check. I want to say four. Uh, See, they did about 25 minutes apiece. 1, 2, 20, three. 20 minutes apiece. 25. 25 minutes. 20? 20, 25. 26.7. Looks know. like they got four. One. Four stories, hour and a half. Um, yeah, about 20 minutes apiece. 20, 40... It's either four or 60. three. Yeah, it's a little over 20 minutes apiece. Right on. But yeah, like I said, uh, I hadn't seen this movie. and Like I said, I've only watched it one time in my entire life. And... There's just, you know, there's some of the movies that when you watch it when you were little, you're like, oh, that was so good. Now you watch it and you're like, wow. Killer Kill Clowns Clowns Matterspace. Oh, really? You hating on that No, movie? no, no. I love it. But it wasn't like, <laughs> you know. Dude, this is our third season. You still breaking that freaking movie but up? It's just, I keep hating on my movie. <laughs> Ain't no way hating on it. Don't worry. Three seasons from now, you're going to be talking about Season of the Witch. <laughs> Probably. Trash, trash David still hung up on uh, Black Christmas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but No. I would probably watch *Season of the Witch* again before I watch *Black Christmas*. Sorry, pulling me. In. Well, With that being said, that is our episode uh, for this. Uh, what is this creep show? Nineteen eighty-two, the fortieth anniversary. Fortieth anniversary. Don't forget to check us out on anywhere you can get your your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Anchor iTunes, iTunes, baby. Catch us anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Johnny's got the handles. Facebook is Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And our Instagram is Small Town Horror Johnny underscore Randy. And I said this wrong last week. Shame on you're fired. Yeah. So you'll have to excuse me. Catch us on Twitter at Small T Horror Pod. What did you say last time? uh, At Small T Horror Jr. Pod. (laughs) But no, it's at Small T Horror Pod. At small t, horror, pod pod pod. That's on the tweet. Yeah. All right. Well, our next episode will be Creep Show Two. I hope this is better, man. This is gonna be that movie. This is gonna be that movie. <laughs> seriously, that kind of like uh, Killer Clowns from You. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be like, man, it's such a cool movie because I've watched it here recently, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I still love this movie. And like, what? You'll be the one that's gonna be like, oh, Trish. <laughs> so that being said uh we will catch you guys in a couple weeks like i said with our next episode will be creep show two let's do it all right well as always remember to stay scared stay spooky